Hey, good morning, Prescott. Good Friday morning, by the way. Uh, welcome to Prescott E-News Prescott Talks. My name is Glenn Martin. And uh, you know, there's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that is for the folks who sit to tune in and watch this show, I just wanna say thank you. I wanna say thank you for taking your time and your valuable time to uh, talk to us about the, about the show. And um, uh, hopefully, you know, the whole idea of the show was to get information out about the candidates and what's going on within the town. So uh, with that, I have another candidate with us for LD1, and that is Selena Bliss. Good morning. So thank you so much for, co for coming in and talking with us, Selena. If you have any comments at all that you might want to put down on, uh, in the comment section, or if you have a question for Selena, by all means, type it in. I'll get the question to her and she'll be able to answer it while we're live today at uh, it's 10.05 on Friday. So while we're on live, we can do comments, but after that, then um, uh, they can still put comments in there, Selena, and you can come back on Facebook and answer those if you'd like. So Great. that always Appreciate gives an opportunity. So um, Selena, I know you. Yes. I've known you for like two years. Mm -hmm. um, you, uh, I met you, for, Strangely enough, on a gun range, mm -hmm. you were part of the well-armed women of Prescott. That's right. And um, so I will tell the audience right off the bat, when you see Selena, if you go to her house, make sure you knock and be recognized because I've seen this lady shoot <laughs> and she's a good shot So uh, and well-trained. So uh, with that, um, happy news because we are Second Amendment people. Yes. Uh, tell us about who you are in your background. Well, Glenn, thank you for this opportunity because I am a political newcomer, although I've lived here since 1971. So mm -hmm. I like to say of all the candidates you're going to be comparing me to, I have the most longevity. I have the deepest roots. I have respect for their very rich history in this district. So we moved here in 1971. My father taught at Yavapai College. Mm -hmm. uh, Yavapai College was a new school, just opened in 1969. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I was eight years old at the time, and that was really important because I have some very vivid memories of what Prescott was like in 1971. Mm -hmm. In fact, Prescott Valley at the time was only five buildings. We thought it was land fraud, but look how wrong we were. So <laughs> fast forward to the future, I was raised here, mm -hmm. I raised my family here, mm -hmm. and someday I'm going to retire here. My parents are retired educators, both mm -hmm. of them. I've been a nurse for 36 years. I was very fortunate to go from Prescott High down to ASU and come right back in 1984 mm -hmm. and gain employment and am celebrating 36 years as a nurse. 25 of those, the current last 25 are as a nurse educator. So mm -hmm. I teach nursing at the local community college. Mm -hmm. And I've stepped up now to run for the Arizona State House. Mm -hmm. I have always known I was going to run. I've known since I was eight years old. My grandfather was in the South Dakota State Legislature for 16 years. Most of that time he was in appropriations. He chaired the Appropriations Committee. So coming from a family of public servants, right. we knew we would always step up. And watching him make some really tough decisions, some that were not popular at the time, not with my family or the community, but I realized that was what I was meant to be and mm -hmm. do. I almost stepped up to run 10 years ago, but professionally, personally, it just wasn't time yet. Yeah. Yeah. So glad to be here now, two open positions. So far it's very collegial, mm -hmm. a lot of political newcomers. So mm -hmm. it's exciting to be out and in the race. And, and 
Aren't you, weren't you part of the uh, Nurses Association of Arizona mm -hmm. as well? So you've, you've been in leadership positions before. Yes, so because I've always known I was going to run for this position, I've always been grooming myself. If you go to my web page, I'm very transparent. I put a lot of information out there. I want people to know what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. In fact, funny story, when Facebook was invented, because I knew I was going to be a candidate someday, I stayed away from social media. Mm -hmm. So now fast forward once again, last fall, when my candidacy was declared, I realized I'm really behind on yeah. social media. So I have some- Welcome um, to the team. Yeah, some, <laughs> some things to make up. But yes, part of my resume, my bio, my background is that leadership experience. Mm -hmm. So as a nurse, what you wanna do as a nurse is join your professional organization. So I not only did that, I ran for a board position five years ago and I'm currently the president of the Arizona Nurses Association. And that's an anomaly because most of our past presidents mm -hmm. come from the city of Phoenix, they teach at universities, and they're no longer practicing at the bedside. So I broke the mold, um, first getting on the board representing rural Arizona, yeah. and then working at the bedside and promoting our nurses so we have healthy patient outcomes. Mm -hmm. We're doing great things with the Arizona Nurses Association. We work with the Arizona Medical Association, the Arizona Pharmacy Association, and the um, Hospital Association. Mm -hmm. So that part of being a professional is really important to me. I'm also a member of our Arizona League for Nursing, our nurse educators, so two professional organizations. It's neat to have you on the on, on running for, the, uh, for LD1 because you know, my belief is nurses are able to think on their feet and think independently and react quickly. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you are exemplatory of those skills that, that mm -hmm. not only as a nurse, but you know, if you should get down into the Senate or into the house, that you'll be able to exercise that as well. So, you know, I certainly have that advantage cool. as a nurse. I'm used to working long hours and in very stressful situations. Mm -hmm. I've also cared all my life, so mm -hmm. I'm the candidate who cares when mm -hmm. people ask, why are you running? And that's where I'm going. I you know what? I'm glad that, that you coming. should say that, Selena, because <laughs> that's my next question. Why are you, I mean, you're a successful person, obviously. Mm -hmm. You've got a long, uh, great career. Um, your family's here. Uh, why would you decide that, you know what? I'm gonna go away from my family for six months or whatever and get on the campaign trail, go down the house and do all this to serve, why? Yeah, so not only knowing my whole life I was going to do this, but that deep care and love, not just for this region, but for this state and this country. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to step up and serve. I'm called the candidate that cares because mm -hmm. caring comes naturally. Advocating for our citizens and our constituents of this district is a very natural thing as a nurse. As nurses, we have the knowledge, skill, and ability to transfer into any situation that we put our hearts and minds to. So if you were looking at the overall LD1, what, <clears throat> what would be the first thing that you would want to, uh, what do you see as a strong point right now um, that we're doing right? And then on the flip side, what opportunities do you see? Well, I've been visiting the district. I've been on my road tour since last summer. I wanna <clears throat> know how the public is affected, those frontline providers on a daily basis by laws brought to us by the state, the state mm -hmm. capital. So I've been going around visiting chambers, um, town councils, um, city halls. I've been knocking on doors all the way. This is a huge district, by the way. It's yeah. 8,000 square miles, all the way from Seligman, Ashford, down to Cave Creek Carefree. Mm -hmm. So I've been hearing the issues. They are different. 
we have strengths and opportunities depending what part of the district. So I feel as a candidate, it's really important that we can balance both those strengths and opportunities. I'm hearing the, um, in the Quad City area, our infrastructure, primarily water, mm -hmm. is a threat to our economy. So that's on my radar. I'm hearing down in Cave Creek Carefree, it's the short-term rentals and the disruptions to the mm. neighborhoods. I'm hearing in Ash Fork Seligman, it's private property rights. So depending where you go, you're gonna see a different um, Interesting you say that. And just so you all know, we can't cover all this because we only have so much battery life in our cameras. <laughs> so uh, I've already invited Selena back. You know, we're gonna hit some subjects and we'll just kind of break the ice a little bit and then hopefully in the future, you can come back and we'll hit some other subjects because there is, there's a plethora yeah, there's a lot going things on. that are going on within our county or within mm -hmm. our area. Um, and, and we're going to hit a couple of them right now. And if we have time, I, I want to talk about some of the things that, you know, I'm friends with Noel Campbell. And I know mm -hmm. he's got some things going on out there as far as the Dells, mm -hmm. uh, gasoline taxes mm -hmm. and uh, water issues. And if we have time, I'd love to get into that as well. But let's start off with the border because I try to keep this pretty much the same with all the candidates. And by the way, if Folks, while you're watching this, we have got some really, really good candidates out there. And I mean, Selena, uh, I think I have one more LD1 candidate, and that's Stephen Sensenmeyer. So, Stephen, if you're watching, you're more than welcome. Get a hold of us. Come on the show. We'll we'll have you on, and and you can talk about your um, what you what you see as uh, things that you want to change or or go for. But um, uh, our our candidates are good conservatives, mm -hmm. you being one of them. And unfortunately, you know, as us, the voters, we're going to have to only pick two. Mm -hmm. So again, this is why we do this show. This is why we do it so we can get, have a two-way conversation kind of where you're at on the current issues. Mm -hmm. So the first one I have is border and the borders between our, our state and Mexico. Uh, what do you see the issue? And if there's anything broken, what would you like to see fixed? So the border's huge. Before I can, I can even talk about those things that my priorities, if you will, such as economy, healthcare, and education, we really can't do much with that if we don't have strong borders. We have to protect the home front. I, I like to study the art of war by the philosopher Sun Xu. He talks about if you don't have a strong home front, you're not gonna have a strong country. You're not gonna be able to protect yourself. So that goes back to laws that protect our citizens and a strong border. It's critical to our economy, our infrastructure. Um, I'm concerned about the resources at the border. I'm glad to see the physical barriers going up. Mm -hmm. I understand hearing from some uh, officers that we still have a problem with the Toto Odom um, area. That seems to be an area of high foot traffic. Mm -hmm. So paying attention on the state level is critical because we are a border state. Issues we have, not only a threat to our economy and our health, uh, but there's drug trafficking, some very dangerous drugs going on, criminal activity, um, the, um, uh, uh, taking care of our people at the border, but not only here, but north of us as people pass through Arizona. You know, and obviously you're in support of a physical barrier, and it takes some, a lot more than just a physical barrier. It takes mm -hmm. technology, people. it takes boot, boots on yes. the ground. Mm -hmm. And um, and the federal government under Trump has been really 
supplying a lot of that, it, not so much in the past, but today, yes. Mm -hmm. um, what can Arizona do to, to help our federal agencies uh, secure that border? And what, how far would you be willing to go with um, sending, whether it's National Guard or resources from Arizona? And actually, that was the thing I was going to talk about is what are the resources we have available and how are we using them? Should we be shifting our National Guard? Um, that's the, the kind of information I need to collect right away once I hit the offices, those efficiencies. How are we using our manpower? How are we using our dollars? Um, even volunteers to that point. You know, I've volunteered now for five years for the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office for the search and rescue. And I don't think as a government, we look at non-governmental options. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm open to looking at all avenues of both human manpower, women power too, yeah, yeah. financing and what we have available to our disposal. Absolutely, and even thinking beyond the nine dots, getting the, you know, having training down there with mm -hmm. our National Guard. That's right. You know, just the training aspect of it would be, you know, more than what we're doing at this point. Yeah, I, my summer job, I teach school during the school year, but during the summer I work for incident management teams to support wildland firefighters. I've been doing this about 10 years now. I run the medical unit, so we do the evacs and the staff the divisions. Point being, we have a lot of fires down at the border. I've been down there several times with these incident management teams where we'll have illegal aliens starting fires as distractors. Mm -hmm. Here comes the team and the firefighters and they're running they're around us around the, yeah. through the bushes. Yeah, so I've seen firsthand what a porous border looks like. It's yeah. not pretty and it's destructive. Well, what about our immigration system itself? I mean, um, your thoughts? It, it looks like it has some room for improvement, some efficiency. I'm hearing from our legal alien or legal citizens um, the difficulty and the challenge, which I appreciate because they appreciate being here. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm seeing perhaps some efficiencies are in order. Um, I'd like to see some more remote immigration stations so we're not clogging people up at the border. What's that about? That's not an efficient use of our governmental resources. Yeah. So we've got a lot of opportunity for improvement. Yeah, there's a lot of issues down there, like you said. <laughs> you know what, none of them are gonna be easy solutions. Yeah. You know, today we're facing this issue with the coronavirus. I was just gonna say, we've and, had a lot of potential and, for disaster. And we have this porous, boor porous mm -hmm. border mm -hmm. and people are coming through. Now, a lot of them come through and I've been t I have talked to the boots on the ground and they'll get over the border, they'll sit down and wait for them to get picked up so they're processed. Mm -hmm sent to Phoenix to never be seen again, or at least many of them don't. Um, but my question is, how about the folks that we don't catch? You know, That's the scary who are part. They, who are they, where have they been? And now they're in our cities pumping, and I don't mean to panic anybody, but <laughs> they're pumping our gas, or riding our escalator, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. they're, in other words, they're making physical contact within our community mm -hmm. in different Unregulated, areas. unmonitored. Yeah. Right, so um, again, um, we've seen um, diseases, I guess, mm -hmm. that we haven't seen in the United States from yeah, measles, many of the third pox, world. Yeah. Yeah. So coronavirus would be mm -hmm. right in there threat. in the middle yeah. of it. So yeah. Yep. Um, let's switch gears to PSPRS because oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite subjects. Yes. <laughs> because PSPRS affects everybody and it's going to even affect uh, more people in, in Arizona, I should mm -hmm. say. Uh, so we're going to, pardon me? We have a question. Oh, we oh, have a book yeah, question. Yay. Uh, it's from Steve, one of our um, valued viewers. Would you support a trained volunteer posse to support our borders? 
Oh, yes, train volunteer posse, being part of the Yavapai County Search and Rescue. There's a lot of force out there. There's a lot of manpower, women power too. I keep saying mm -hmm. manpower. But that's a huge potential. Yes, that, that would be a, a great source that I think is untapped. Thank you for asking. Yeah, good question, Steve. Thank you. Um, so let's go on to PSPRS. Yes. So, you know, this is going to affect a lot of us. It continue, it's the, mm -hmm. As I give it, say, it's, it's something that will give more as, as we go on, uh, and it keeps giving. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've had Ken Bennett talk about mm -hmm. different plans of moving the trust fund over to the Treasury and, you know, saving that half a billion dollars with a B. Um, what do you think about all that? What, what would be your uh, uh, impact on, on the problems that we're having? So just to recap with the public safety reti public retirement system, uh, it's what I call the perfect storm. We had three events come together that caused us to be where we're at right now. We had a poorly functioning investment firm that had very high fees compared to other national firms. We had low uh, return rates compared to other investments. We had poor actuaries. Eight, ten years ago, there were firefighters calling the state saying, look, you can't sustain this. These are bad numbers. This is not working. But the state wasn't listening. This group wasn't listening. The board wasn't paying attention. I hate to use the word, but they were corrupt. Mm -hmm. They were insiders. And they had to have known what was going on because if local firefighters are saying, you've got bad numbers, how did we get there? Um, and then the market fell. So while the market's falling, you've got them increasing benefits. So the perfect storm has brought us to where we are today. Yes, we're in a pickle, and now we've got this unfunded liability to pay down. This is an extremely important uh, situation to the state because it's time sensitive. We have small communities. Fortunately, Prescott took it on themselves to pay down their unfunded liability, but some cities and municipalities can't do that. They don't have the ability to, or they don't have the resources. There are communities in this state that don't have the budget. They can't meet the mark. So I feel that this is an urgent situation that we need to get a hold of fast. I like what people are calling the Ken Bennett plan because from what I've seen, that's the best fix I can come up with. And we asked Kimberly Yee, how can we get this back on the state? You have to take some ownership back. Uh, right now there's a, a budget surplus, so now's the time to start looking at this, and it needs to happen rather quickly. It doesn't seem like there's much of a will downtown, you know, I mean, you're one person, you know, and, one you know, 60, yeah. yeah, so, so it's going to take some getting together with your fellow legislators to, mm -hmm. to make this happen, and then we have to get it to, to the governor who, you know, um, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of will mm -hmm. to fix it either. But I think the problem is, Selena, is our, our men and women have worked to get this benefit when they retire. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be there when they retire. Yes, that's the important and, thing. And, that and we this keep is it. the important. We promised them, and by gosh, we need to keep that promise. That's right. And we need to fix it. And it needs mm -hmm. to be fixed. And I think a lot of the will went away when, um, and this is my opinion, and I don't give my opinion often, but I will. <laughs> Maybe I do. But, <laughs> you know, when we decide to just throw another tax on to pay down the liability rather than stop the bleed, and we've kind of mm -hmm. talked about that before. <laughs> um, if you don't stop the bleeding and you just keep on point paying into a broken system, mm -hmm. where do you get? Yeah, you might eventually, after taxing the folks, get back to zero, but how long will that stand if it continues to bleed out? And I want to emphasize 
I'm backing Ducey, no new taxes. We don't need to increase taxes. We need to look at where our monies are, look where they need to be, and start shifting some things around. And here's where I go back to my grandfather. I watched him make some decisions. He really upset the family, he upset the community. But being chair of appropriations, this is what was right to do at the time. So yeah, I'm going to make a few enemies. I'm going to make some noise. But we've got some bills to pay. We've got some obligations to meet as a state. Yeah. So it's time to Thanksgiving take the will bowl never by the be horn. the same. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, you you hit it. Also, you know, I keep on hearing about this billion dollar surplus, mm -hmm. and I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, our roads are falling apart. Mm -hmm. Our 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 PSPRS is an issue. Do we really have a surplus? Is great when you have, you know, you owe so much money and you say, look, but look how much I have in the bank. The two don't clash. That's right. We don't handle our personal finances like that and get away with it. No, exactly. Uh, let's go to the Second Amendment, which is always a fun one for you and I, because again, um, we work together on the range and uh, we laugh about Stop the Bleed because this is a funny story. Mm -hmm. So I'm teaching uh, Stop the Bleed to the well-armed women over at Prescott mm -hmm. Gun Club. And I'm talking to, you know, talk about tourniquets and wound packing. And suddenly I find out I have a board member of the Nurses Association in my audience. <laughs> I have th four, three other nurses, two which were ER nurses. And I'm like going, why am I even talking about this? I should have you guys up here doing it. But, um, you know, uh, Stop the Bleed is a whole other issue. But let's talk about the Second Amendment. We've seen a lot of... Uh, wavering in my opinion you know the Avapai County came along and said uh, yes we're not going to use any of our resources or assets to uh, to support red flag laws which we believe would be unconstitutional but we also have a lot of people saying you know what we have the second amendment we don't need all this my standard question to a lot of the candidates today is uh, when we talk about raising our hand and giving the oath to the constitution how far will you go to support that oath. And I'm not asking you to go out in the street, you know, die in the streets. I'm asking you, as a legislator, you know, um, how far is Selena Bliss willing to support the Second Amendment and the rest of the Constitution? Well, thank you for asking, because I am a conservative Republican. I'm a constitutional Republican as well. So that's part of my foundation to protect and defend our Constitution, both federally and state. And when you look at these candidates, you see those that talk and those that do. And I'm a doer. I'm out there active protecting our Second Amendment in this case. So the well-armed women is a good example. I really want to put that out there that we equip and educate and empower people to understand and face their fears. You see, Glenn, I have this theory. Over time, I've noticed that people that reject the ability to defend yourself and the Second Amendment, I see it's because of fear. And I find that if you could just teach people to face their fear, it's also misunderstanding. So teaching and facing the fear, they're going to relax and understand, oh, I get it now. So I'm encouraging folks to take a Democrat to the range. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to shoot. They will be your advocate when it comes to Second Amendment rights. But I also want to um, promote some activities we have to stand behind our Second Amendment rights. I just finished the Washington um, State shoot down at the Ben Avery Range. Mm -hmm. Had a great time uh, working with Noble Hathaway. I got to put a plug out for the Arizona Rifle and Pistol Association. Um, and then myself and another candidate, Kwong, mm -hmm. are both co-sponsoring a 
CCW class. It's going to be free for the first 100 people that register. And I just put it on my Facebook page a couple days ago. It's also on Kwong's. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is reach out to those that do not currently have a concealed carry permit. We want to educate those people and empower them so they in turn can go out to others and help them understand how important the Second Amendment is. So I'm not talk, I'm do. What can we do? So you so. would definitely, uh, would you support Yavapai County and the other counties? Would you, oh, yeah. would you have voted yeah, for yeah. that? Myrna and I worked together early on when Myrna Hobby, Lieberman. Yeah. yeah, she was uh, the carrier of this and I, we so appreciate her work. Uh, but when Mojave went live with theirs, that's when we started looking at the language. And then I pulled in John from Compass Training, mm -hmm. who is so articulate. If you want a speaker yeah. on Second Amendment rights, you get John. Compass Training, yeah, out in Chino. <laughs> I'm putting in a plug for him Another well. plug, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's very articulate. I met him at a Congressman Gosar event out in Chino talking about, how, this was last fall, how can we protect our Second Amendment gun mm -hmm. rights? And that's yeah. when I realized this community is very active. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. You had a flyer about that CCW oh. class. Yeah. Um, oh, um, and it's on my web, uh, Facebook page, but I have two Facebook pages, so don't look at my homepage. I've got my personal stuff. Look at my campaign page, which where is where you'll see. Which is what is it's your campaign? Selena page? Bliss at LD One. Okay. Yeah, and it's you'll see this flyer. There's Kwong and I at the state shoot, and how to register. And I have to emphasize, it's for new shooters. We want folks that do not currently have a CCW. Noble right. Hathaway is a big part of this, so. Getting Fantastic. the word out. Yeah. So, uh, great. That's um, great service. You know, Arizona being a constitutional carry state, I still recommend everybody to go through a CCW class. Learn the laws. Learn what you can do, what you can't do, where you can go, where you can't go. Um, you know, again, knowledge of power. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that um, people who are firearm owners are responsible people. Mm -hmm and they're law-abiding people. That's right. And we saw that in Virginia. We saw that down at the Capitol here a few weeks ago. Uh, I was down supporting the Second Amendment rally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there were thousands of guns there, Selena, mm -hmm. and no one got hurt. Yeah, Not the day one were, of them went off. The day you, know? you were there, I was at the state shoot, so we were both that's practicing right. our yeah. Second Amendment rights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have any more questions, Rob, so far? We're good? Okay. So again, if you have a question, comment, fire them away. Uh, we're going to switch gears from Second Amendment. Let's go to healthcare, which yes. is right down your alley. Yes, that would be my strength. Yes. So, um, you know, healthcare obviously an issue and a lot of flux going on right now um, in the uh, uh, Obamacare and um, at the federal level. What about the state level? So, healthcare is going to be my passion. I've been watching the Health and Human Services Committee and the bills going through there. Um, I am fortunate as a nurse for 36 years. I understand the language and the mechanisms and how the healthcare system here in Arizona works. I'm very concerned right now in the State House of Representatives of the 60 legislators, only two are healthcare providers, and those two are Democrats. So my concern is who is representing the Republican opinion on what's best as far as healthcare. So I'm gonna bring some balance to that. We've got a lot of work in healthcare. We've got concerns as I'm knocking on the doors, I'm hearing about the issues, be it economy, education, Second Amendment, pro-life, healthcare seems to be coming up over and over in this district. Uh, challenges are access to a physician mm -hmm. or a physician assistant or nurse practitioner to clinics and offices. 
Um, healthcare, uh, access to insurance is a big issue as well. Uh, I believe we're going into, well I know, we're going into a shortage because I pay attention to the workforce data. Mm -hmm. We're going into a general healthcare shortage both in nursing and healthcare providers, be it physicians or nurse practitioners. So there's work to do on bringing in training programs. We started some of that legislation last year. We just need to expand from physicians to nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Uh, so data repository, if you will. Uh, but yeah, healthcare is it's a big one. You know, it, it, and it strikes me funny or weird, I should say. And Prescott, you would think that would be a target-rich environment. I mean, there's a lot of us, you know, older folks here. And it doesn't seem to, I mean, to try to find a GP, a general practitioner mm -hmm. is like, you know, when we moved here, um, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And um, thank goodness Dr. Asari is taking new patients. So. <laughs> yeah, but there's only one of him. So <laughs> yeah, there's only one of him, but, you know, he's taking new patients. So I went over to his office and became one of his patients. But yeah. we, say, need, we, need, we need someone to get involved with this mm -hmm. because our area is growing leaps and bounds. We mm -hmm. know, all know that. We see it when we go down the highway, but it doesn't seem like healthcare is growing along with it. Yeah, people tend to stay where they're trained. So that concept of bringing people in to train them here, they're more likely to stay. You know, as a freshman legislator, I was already told, oh, you shouldn't take on too much the first year. Well, I already got a shopping list this long of legislation I'd like to see. And from things I've seen in healthcare, that tends to be my biggest area. I was just talking to Pat Kirkendall with the veterans mm -hmm. and they have a higher suicide rate than the general population. Mm -hmm. To me, that's very concerning. We call those diseases of despair, that's suicide, addiction, and overdoses. So we stand as an area, a district, for a lot of room for improvement there. Um, as I've gone out into the community and I've interviewed community leaders, I wanna know what's on your mind, what keeps you up at night. I worked 12 years in the emergency room as a nurse and something to this day I'm still seeing is the Department of Health Services and the CON, the Certificate of Necessity and Response Times for Ambulances. Yeah, there's some room for improvement there. So lots on my plate, lots on my list. It's getting mm -hmm. longer as I go, but healthcare is definitely one I'm gonna take uh, uh, control of that, those issues that yeah. as best as I can. Yeah, well, and, and you brought up the education piece mm -hmm. where you know uh, people who seem to be educated in that area stay in that area mm -hmm. um, education seems to be another big issue within doesn't seem to be it is mm -hmm. a big issue within our communities um, you know there's the, the the red for ed people who I definitely disagree with right. and then there are the other folks that you know that are in the public school system that um, fear that their child may not be getting the best education yeah, I can speak to education. My parents are both educators. Mom taught out at Chino Valley before she came in and taught at Taylor Hicks. And then dad taught 27 years at Yavapai College, where I currently am, uh, going on 25 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm deeply immersed in the education community. I have a lot of concerns there. First of all, I'm pro-choice. It's very important mm -hmm. that parents pick the school that's the best fit for their child be it private or public. And I'm a product of both. I went to Sacred Heart School. I've been a parishioner there since 71. 
my daughter went to Sacred Heart from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then we both transitioned nicely to Prescott High, where I'm a Prescott High graduate. Mm -hmm. I have our 40th reunion this summer. <laughs> um, and my daughter did well there um, as far as career. So the education system here in this area, I'm very savvy with, and it's very important uh, that we look at how our dollars are spent. So watching and, and looking at these failing schools that get Ds and Fs, I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, why is the school being graded when it's actually that principal or those administrators that they need to take the leadership and the responsibility and the accountability? I say, let's grade the principals and the administrators. And if they're not passing the mark, mm -hmm. the buck stops there. Mm -hmm. That's the accountability. They set the tone for the school and the curriculum and the teachers. I no. could, yeah, I could speak to what we're doing at Yavapai College. I'm very proud of the fact that I was the faculty association president when we kicked off the Pathways program. And this was something we did to promote expediency, saving our students time and money mm -hmm. to get to their degrees, because I saw a lot of inefficiencies in that system. So back to your question, what can we do about our educational system? It's accountability, watching where our monies are going, especially the private charters and uh, doing best practice yeah. pathways. And sometimes I, I, I you know, um, in the private business world, a lot of us would get together and see what would work and what didn't work um, within our communities. And one of the things that I don't see, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just don't see it, is, is the relationship between the private educators and the public educators and say, what's working for the private sector that isn't working for the public and what's working for the public that may not be working for the private. Yeah, Do you exactly. see that connection at all? Yeah, let's take best examples, but let's also look at worst examples. We had a problem with the private charters, lack of oversight, mm -hmm. we're throwing money at them, but where is the money going? Mm -hmm. So that's worst case scenario. Governor Ducey now is bringing monies to the schools. We need to keep track as state legislators that accountability, that transparency. Where's that money going? I'm seeing numbers are improving here in the districts here, the public school mm -hmm. districts, as far as what's finally trickling down to the classroom, mm -hmm. but we're still behind supporting that frontline educator. Do you know where the product rolls up? And, and when I say the product, I'm talking about the people that are educated, our youth that are being, that are graduating. When you look at the national standard, where does that, where do our students roll up in that national standard, do you know? Well, my understanding is we're somewhere around the middle, even though we're 48th or 49th as far as funding per pupil spending. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the state budget, that pie, our biggest piece of pie goes to education, mm -hmm. second biggest to healthcare. So this is significant, paying attention to where those monies are going in that per pupil spending and then the outcomes with the grading of the schools, and I say grading of the, the administrators and the leadership. Right. Uh, so we're kind of a mix match, a mismatch, mid-performing, uh, low-funded. We could improve performance and improve funding, seeing where our dollars are going. Yeah, but on the basis of that, it's kind of good to see where, you know, we're low-funded, but yet we still have an elevated result. Yeah, and we're doing something right. So we're doing something right, you know. Mm -hmm. Is there more that we can do? Absolutely. I'm not mm -hmm. saying no, you know, let's just keep it the way it is. We always want to bring our people higher and, and, and be. Yeah, we're investing in our future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to give our frontline educators more credit too. They work extremely Absolutely. Hard. One thing I noticed when I did my door to, when I'm doing my door to door, I'm seeing, especially um, in the Prescott Valley area, Dewey Humboldt, 
uh, multiple generations living in a household, and I'll say, well, what do you do? Do you work? And mm -hmm. they're educators. They work yeah. in the school system, but yeah. they can't afford to live on their own, and it breaks my heart. So, Selena, before we, you know, I got a list of stuff, and we get into something else, it's going to take probably longer than 10 minutes, so that's about all we have left. But, um, so I'm going to go back to where I started with, and uh, Noel Campbell has proposed some bills, and I want to know where you stand on those, okay? The first one is going to be about the DELTS. Um, Noel Campbell has, has asked the uh, legislature for, I think it's $5.3 million mm -hmm. to help buy the, a ranch and make it part of the state preserve of the, in the Dells area for, the, um, for our area. Where would you stand on that? Well, first of all, what a phenomenal idea. I've lived here long enough to appreciate our gems, and the Dells are certainly one of them. Um, as a bike rider and hiker, I'm constantly in and out yeah. of the Dells. I've seen it uh, progress through the uh, years. I'm seeing the good work Joe Trudeau is doing mm -hmm. with the Save the Dells organization, the passion. Um, I recall when these conversations started early on with Noel. I'm so glad he's taken it up. I really hope he gets it through because that's going to be his legacy. I am paying especially close attention to what Noel is doing because unfinished uh, work, I'd like to take that forward and carry the baton and the saving the, the Dells piece, that aspect of what the state can do, mm -hmm. I am, that's going to be first and foremost, the work he doesn't get done. If you look at the state regional parks, this would be a regional park, right. we're really lacking on this side of the county. So look at rural Arizona, look at Maricopa County, they've got all these beautiful regional parks, but what do we have? We have some on the east side of the county. But the, we've got a huge potential here for tourism and promoting our economy by keeping what's precious to us. And the Dell certainly is one of those. Going to the other legislator, uh, Steve Pierce, Representative mm -hmm. Pierce, uh, proposed a bill that made uh, fentanyl dealers, the dealers who sell fentanyl for profit, that they would have, if convicted, they would have a minimum sentence of five years. Where do you stand on that? So understanding the dangers of fentanyl, I support his bill. Now, he's getting some pushback because of the incarceration rate. So we have some balancing to do. It's not a black and white subject. But fentanyl, illegal fentanyl, this is killing people. And recall where that came from, that bill. We had two local young men in Prescott Valley now deceased because of that. We need to honor their legacy. This is a heartbreaker. These are real people that are suffering. This is, this is dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So he, this is in the best intention to protecting our public. This is dangerous, dangerous stuff. And it continues. I mean, We've like three weeks ago, we just had another uh, incident where a young 17-year-old male was unresponsive. Prescott PD administered mm -hmm. Narcan and was able to revive him enough yes. to get him to the hospital. And Glenn, you mentioned you no. carry a save the, uh, Stop the Bleed kit, as do I. We should all be carrying Narcan as well. And Narcan is free. You go down to the county health department. You just ask for it. You don't need a prescription. Mm -hmm. But that should be part of everyone's first aid kit, that ability to revive someone if you see they're either intentionally or accidentally have overdosed. Yeah. We're talking about lives here. And it's free, like you said. And you're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. And let me make a commercial for the health department. They'll actually teach you how to administrate it. They'll mm -hmm. teach you the symptoms of an overdose where somebody is light breathing, rub the sternum rub, they'll mm -hmm. show you, you know, the, the, the pinpoint pupils. And if you see that happening, you can administer Narcan, 
you're under the Good Samaritan law. Mm -hmm. And number two is if there, if it is not an overdose, Narcan has no uh, side effects. So right. the only thing you could do is pull somebody out of an overdose situation. You're not going to hurt them by administering Narcan. That's right. Glad you brought that up. Very important. It's yeah. also to protect oneself if you're accidentally exposed, because it only takes a little tiny yeah. uh, half of a know just a very millimeter yeah. size well, a what grain if of salt someone were to do that yeah. to you and right. you were unbeknownst to that so Inhale there's all it. kinds of ways to have access i mean i'm going to have pant on hopefully soon and uh, with one of the production or uh, precautions they have for their dogs their dogs mm -hmm. is this stuff is like like i said it's a grain of salt and maybe if you have three grains you're okay if you have four grains you've you've od'd mm -hmm. so even the dogs sniffing out fentanyl have that risk of ingesting it and as we do as yeah. any of us do so back to your question if yeah. we're known as a state you don't mess around in arizona when it comes to fentanyl right that's going to protect our public good point thanks for bringing up that other part too <laughs> uh last question and it's going to be on the gasoline tax uh you know we had again our roadways and noel is a chairman of transportation mm -hmm. Our roadways are constantly being swept. Uh, the monies are being swept. The you know, fund, yeah. all that, all that neat lottery money that was going to save us is not saving us. So there was another tax put on our uh, licensing fees, mm -hmm. and now we're saying, well, we'd like to increase your your gasoline tax. No doubt, Selena, our infrastructure needs help. So how would we, you know, are you in favor of the gasoline tax? And if not, how would you propose to get the money to fix our roads? Because without roads, we have no, we talk about a, a business killer, right? Yeah, so our public works departments in our cities and towns are funded by HERF, Highway mm -hmm. User Revenue Fees. Um, what Noel's trying to do is raise both the vehicle license tax as well as the gas tax, which hasn't been raised since 1991. Now, granted, by inflation, we're behind. But here's my bottom line. We don't need to raise taxes. I am so glad Ducey said no new taxes. Let's look at what we already have. Let's also look at legislation to stop the sweeping of the HERF fund. I realize in emergencies, that's how they fund DPS. But there's got to be a better way to run business when it comes to the budget. Um, now, Noel's also looking at a fee, not a tax but a fee for high efficiency cars because they're not paying their fair share. Um, there's a joke out there, just if a car from California pulls up, we'll just pay, have them pay extra, but I don't think that's gonna work. Uh, point being is taxes, we can't tax the public any more than we're at. We're maxing out our folks on fixed income. So what Noel's doing is looking at an alternative and that's what I'm open to suggestions. I'm quizzing everybody down at the county, the city, the state level. What can we do? We have an infrastructure problem. And it's bad because in rural Arizona, because down in Maricopa and Pima, Tucson and Phoenix, they're taken care of. Their infrastructure is covered by ADOT. We don't have that luxury. We're on our own. So we need to find that funding to pay our public works department. Uh, and it might have, we need to start looking at fees from those that have the income, not taxing the poor. Yeah, that's a sticky wicket. There's some work to be done. Yeah, it's 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 it, again another complex issue. Yeah, know? some cities make up for it by raising their city taxes or sales tax. No more taxes. Right. We're done. Right. Well, what about the people who are using that have these fuel efficient cars? They're using our roads as well, and that's part of that part of that bill that you know I kind of agree with Noel. You know, a lot of the propane 
people fill up their trucks or there you know a lot of agriculture use propane trucks now there are no road taxes in propane so they're using our road for free and some of the electric cars don't have any and i'm not i hate to use the word tax but it should be well a fee is a tax i don't care any way yeah, you look at yeah. it but um shouldn't they be paying something more for their license being as they're using the roads without Without yeah, and tax. as you get to know me, you're going to find that's really what I'm all about. Is it fair? Are we all contributing? Are, are we all paying our fair share when it comes to payment, time, and energy, and money spent? Huh? Cool. Well, that's pretty much on my list, and we're running out of time. So, so you know, what about. we always do, and it's been fun. Thank you again for coming in. And you'll be back, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, well, this, I'm wasn't, not going this wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> no, <it's laughs> a lot fun. of people go, ooh, that's a nervous <laughs> thing, you know, live stream, but. Um, no, I think it's great that we have this conversation. And again, you know, this is Prescott Talks, it's not Glenn Talks, and we want you to be able to feel free to come in and express your opinions on our current issues. So the way I usually wrap this up, Selena, is um, that's your camera right there. And I'd like to uh, let you go ahead and close out, um, tell the folks why they should go uh, and vote for Selena Bliss and keep that bliss in that house. Yeah, that's okay. my tagline. Make it easy to remember. Also, my tagline being a strong country begins at home. It's important we take care of the home front first. Strong families, strong communities, a strong state means a strong country. Mm -hmm. So I'm a candidate that cares. I'm ready to step up and fight to protect and defend your constitutional rights. I'm ready to step up and fight for strong borders, strong economy, healthcare, and education. I'm the candidate that cares. Being a nurse, I have an advantage because we are one of the most trusted professions in the United States for the last 18 years. So I thank you for your trust. I appreciate your support. I look forward to representing LD1 and advocating for those that live here. Thank Great. you, Glenn. You bet. Thank you, Selena. And you can find Selena on the web, your oh, website. Yeah, you got to mention your website. Where am I? Uh, SelenaBliss.com, and it's S-E-L-I-N-A. There's different spellings, but I put everything on that website, so uh, check it out. Uh, you can find out more information about my campaign there, SelenaBliss.com. He's already got you up on the, oh, on the screen, you. so you're, you're, we're, Rob's a little bit ahead of me and everybody else. He's over there shaking his head go, yeah, what else? And then you're on Facebook as well. That's and right. Again, one more time. Mm -hmm. uh, one more time on Facebook. Oh, yeah, Selena Bliss at LD1. Make sure you go to my campaign page. That's where you can sign up for the CCW class. Great, excellent. Well, Prescott, there you have it. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, as always, I always like to thank our uh, past and present uh, uh, military serving our country for giving us the opportunity to sit at this table and speak freely and, and exercise our rights and our constitutional rights. I fire and police, again, thank you so much, guys and gals out there, for keeping our streets safe. Um, we're 100% behind you, as always. Uh, you know what? This is kind of a special day because... At 1 o'clock, I'm going to be back with a state representative, and we're going to talk about sovereign state. So stay tuned. 1 o'clock, uh, we'll be back. I think you'll find this stuff pretty interesting. So until then, Prescott, thank you.